Hey, everybody. I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, Andy and I are tackling a couple of questions that, at first glance, I wasn't sure actually went together. And when we boiled it down, we decided that they all had to do with what professionalism looks like in our practices. This one was so much fun. We might take the latest set break that we've ever taken in a podcast episode, but we had so much fun and laughed so much doing this. This one might not be so safe for work, although we did try and edit ourselves, but just a warning. (laughs) Let's get into this one. And now the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and Stephanie hiding in my headphones. God. <laughs> oh, I was laughing when we started because Andy asked me, are you ready? And I said, yes. And then I was not ready. You were not ready at all. <laughs> like, not you just ready. You clearly reflexively said yes. Yes, I'm giving you the answer you that you want to hear. <laughs> and I was like, all right, we're going. <laughs> Oh man, how's it going? <laughs> it's it's good. Uh, yeah, it's good. I I cannot I cannot complain. This year is is off to a pretty darn good start. Pretty pretty happy with pretty happy with where we are. That's for sure. It is it is busy. It has been. It was like the craziness of holidays, and then we immediately launched into the craziness of the new year and travel. And yeah. I can't believe it's February already. Like it's, I know. I was just thinking. I was like, it, I, it's the new year. I'm like, yeah. nope. It's February, February now yeah. uh, as we record this. So, yeah, yeah, it's flying by. It is. It's crazy. Um, well, it's interesting. We uh, <laughs> we have got some great asks uh, that have come in uh, and I've had some conversations with some managers recently. Um, I think this is going to be one of those episodes where there are going to be some people who are like, are they talking about my clinic? Um, (laughs) But they're two radically different things, but they are uh, two radically different examples and they um, have a lot of commonality. And so you and I decided we're going to do these together. Um, So the first, uh, the first one was um, some asks about team members. uh, And I've heard it from a variety of different positions from really honestly, the front desk to the doctors to uh, the kennels wearing um, earbuds or AirPods uh, while they Mm -hmm. work. And um, one of the asks uh, was about specifically their front desk. And it had been like other people in the hospital in areas where there was no clients had been wearing earbuds. Like while they were like, well, they did laundry out in the kennels, like no problem. Right. But then um, it came up that um, there was a CSR who was wearing AirPods um, and they have long hair. And so it wasn't, uh, you know, when their hair was down, it wasn't noticeable for a while. And then someone noticed and the conversation happened and it was, well, I'm, you know, I'm listening to music or I'm listening to podcasts or whatever while I'm working. And if I have to like, you know, answer the phone or have a conversation or whatever, I take it out. But otherwise, why can't I listen to something while I work? It helps me focus. It, you know, keeps me keeps me paying attention to what I'm doing. And so, um, but uh, the, the the message came from a manager and they were just like, I feel like this is like, maybe I'm just old, but I feel like this is really not professional. But I also kind of want to gut check, like, is this the new normal? Like, you know, everybody just looking looking at their, their phones and, um, you know, am I, am I just old? And I resonated with that. Cause I was, <laughs> I was like, I, I have had plenty of times where I've asked my, 
have to ask myself, am I the crotchety old man yelling, get off my lawn here? Um, and then the other one was, uh, was quite interesting to me, which was uh, some team members who happen to be younger, all working at a front desk. And they were apparently listening to true crime uh, podcasts at the front desk. And so it wasn't like over the lobby loudspeaker kind of stereo system, but like they had a, you know, a Alexa or Google or whatever that was playing a, a podcast for them. And so, and this manager was like, people come in and come up to the front desk and no one has said anything. Uh, we don't have a lot of clients hanging out in the lobby because we do checkouts in the room. And so it's really just the people who are coming in to pick up meds or, or checking out uh, at the front desk. But still, like if a client comes up, Uh, nobody said anything, but is it wildly inappropriate? Like, do I need to solve this problem? Because will a client eventually say something? And it was interesting because they were like, I talked to everybody to see like, how did they all feel about it? And apparently none of them seemed to mind. But this manager was like, this seems wildly unprofessional to me. Um, And so you and I were like, ah, this is, uh, this is fun. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I, I think this is interesting. I, I think shifting social norms, are always an interesting conversation. This reminds me of, I mean, I'll tell you other things that people have reached out to us over the years uh, were tattoos. Um, yes. I've had, I had someone email a while back and before anybody reacts, they are in a rural town in Texas. Yeah. And they had, and the, this was a practice owner reaching out and her perception was that they had a very conservative client base and yep. there was sort of an older area and they had seen us celebrating a practice in downtown Boston. And there was lots of tattoos in that practice. Yes. And they said, my staff showed me these pictures that you guys had shared in this practice that you really liked and celebrated. And all these people have tattoos and and like nose rings and things. And they're saying that I'm a fuddy-duddy for not letting them have it. Right. And, and my response was, um, I'm not saying that things that are totally normal in downtown Boston are going to be totally normal in rural Texas. Right. Um, and, and, and even in Boston, if you're serving one clientele in Boston, something might be totally fine. But if you're serving right. a different clientele in Boston, it might not be totally right. fine with that clientele. So there's, there's not an answer is, is what I'm getting to. Uh-huh. But when we talk about the true crime, I thought that was interesting. I think the AirPods are interesting. I lumped them together and I would lump the tattoos in with that as well yeah. of things that are socially normal that we see a lot of places but i think that there can be some concerns about how are these things being perceived and and i think i think the conversation on tattoos has evolved even more in the last couple of years as they continue to become more and more common but but you get the point of of changing social norms and that's why uh-huh. i kind of lump these things together yeah yeah Okay, so where do we uh where do we start both of these ask questions about uh am- <laughs> As the manager, am I am I just old to be worried yeah. about this? Um, which is yeah. which is also like your ask was the am I am they the fuddy duddy right? Like that yeah. I think it's a legit uh, question and um also have to do with defining professionalism, which I thought yes. was a really interesting question. Yeah. So so I so okay. So let's start with headspace. Okay. Um, first thing that I would say is. Um, The idea of a professional level agreement on what it means to be professional does not exist and is not going to exist. Right. And there are things out there that I see some of our colleagues advocating for that I would say I would I would never do that. That That's sort of 
wildly unprofessional. Right. But they but they are out there beating the drums and saying this should be this should be totally normal. I'm not saying they're wrong and that I'm right. I'm just at some point it comes down to what are your values? What are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish or create? And I really think that therein lies the answer. And I think um I you know I, I'll give you I'll give you an example that will get us immediately into hot water. The the term vet nurse is is a is a thing. Sure. And at the national level, there is no end of this debate coming. It is like there are people who hate the term vet nurse. They hate it. Right. And there's people who ha- who love it and think that it is the path forward for the profession. And at this point, it is absolutely clear that this whole thing is a toxic soup that is. Uh, uh, just a quagmire. Like there is no forward progress in this discussion at the professional level. Right. Quietly, at the practice level, people are doing what they want. You know, the, uh, they they are coming up with the terms that work in their practice that match their goal and their clientele, and they are they are moving forward with making decisions at you know at a local level or a practice level based on their culture and their values and what they think is important and what they want to do, and and what their you know what their yeah what their needs and desires are. And so I, I put that forward as as this thing where you say there are some things that we are never as a profession going to agree on. And I think it, I think we need to be OK with that and just say, yep, I'm going to be respectful of all people and all views and know that I'm other people have different opinions from me. And that's fine. But I'm going I want to look at what I'm doing and, and, and what my practice is. And, and I'm not beholden to what the practice in downtown Boston does or to what the practice in rural Texas does like those those. Those people are going to make their decisions. And so I think that's the first place in headspace is to say, there's not a right or a wrong. There's really not. There's, um, there's, just, there's just us and what we decide to do with our, with our little team. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. And so, so that's the first thing I put forward. The other thing that I want to put forward to sort of classic leadership when we talk about professionalism is, and this is really hard, but it's a, it's a headspace thing. The old, because I said so, is not a valid reason in the eyes of your team no. as to why they can't wear headphones or have tattoos exposed on their arms right. or whatever. Like that's not, it's not, it doesn't work. Neither does because it's unprofessional because there's not a written down description of what professional is and what you think is professional, what they think professional could be entirely different. And so it's, it's a, such a subjective term. It doesn't, it doesn't move things forward. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not going to be a, um, it's not going to be a motivating idea for, for them. And so I think you, I just think you need to get comfortable with that of um, you can, you can say no. And, and I think when we get into this, there are some things I'm going to be like, I wouldn't do this. Um, and, and I would be strongly opposed to it happening, but I'm not going to tell my team because I said so, because that's not fun. That's using that authority lever that uh, to lead that I really don't like to use. I, I'm a big relationship lever guy which means I want people to feel heard and I want them to understand where I'm coming from and I want them to to be on board with where we're going. But I don't want to say I'm your boss and I said so, so you're not so you're not wearing headphones, you know? Um I, I really like to uh, sort of avoid those things. Yeah. So anyway, I that that's kind of that's kind of this opening headspace for me. What do you think about that? Yeah. No, I I um I agree. I I do, do not think that I think we have changed uh culturally, we have changed uh societally. Um I don't think we're in a place anymore where that top-down leadership style of I say you do because I said so, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I even find myself, uh, you know, at home with my kids. Like, I do, 
I can't, I can't use because I said so, you know, like, because then when they ask me, well, but why? I don't actually have an answer for them. Right. (laughs) And so it's, um, it, I think that that era has shifted in the world. And I think it's compounded by all of the changes that we've gone through, um, you know, as a world over the last few years where we have experienced this blend of our personal and professional lives in a way that we never had previously as a whole because we were working from home. And now all of a sudden you could be, you know, on a Zoom in your suit and tie. And if your, you know, toddler that's at home comes running into your camera or your, you know, cat jumps up and there's cat butt in the picture, like those are things we can't control. We never had to face that before. And so I think even just in the last three years, we've gone through this tremendous shift of, trying to redefine, define, redefine, redefine again, what does professionalism mean? And I think it's not just us in veterinary medicine. I think it's the, the world as a whole. And when I think about, I think about it from a headspace perspective, I think part of it for me as a leader in trying to find the right answers for myself and my team always was asking myself some questions about what what do I think that this looks like, but also like really um, drilling down into what are the things that are important to me. And, you know, you were talking about um, what works in one place doesn't work and necessarily work in another. And I do believe that there is absolute truth in that. And like, you know, I think about Disney as a classic example of that, right? As an employer, they have uh, for years had very clear cut dress code rules. And if you didn't like it, that was totally fine. But you didn't work at Disney like that. It was just there was who they are. um, And there was no hiding it. It was like, this is who we are. If you don't want to do this, fine. And um, they have gone through dramatic shifts in the last few years about really wanting to accept their people as wholes and starting to loosen up as whole people and uh, loosening up some of their standards as well. And so I think we're we're looking at things like that as employers and like your tattoo, the tattoo example was was a good one. Um, you know, for, for me, it was it was tattoos. It was piercings. It was um you know, even the, I remember there was a time where I literally had to write myself up because I violated our policy for hair color um, and found myself laughing at the absurdity of that. And also like looking at why do we have these rules? And so like when I, when I think about it and I would say from a headspace perspective, it's a worthy exercise to ask yourself, like, what do we think defines professionalism? Um, Because for me, Mm -hmm. the answer's I found a lot of answers in what that actually, what that actually meant to me um, and what it meant to my team. Yeah. So I, so I agree with this very much. Um, I I think this is a great example of shifting definitions of professionalism and shifting social norms. I think that that's really good. Yeah. I also think, you know, um, if you're a little bit cynical, uh, you could look at Disney and say, did they make those adjustments because they wanted to accept people or because they realize it's a tight labor market and they really want to not be excluding <laughs> people be, based on be, things like, do they happen to have a tattoo? <laughs> right? um, you know, but I'm sure it's about I'm sure it's about loving everyone uh, and not capitalistic uh, hiring practices. I get it. I'm sure. So anyway, but regardless of oh, the you reason, have, I mean, you I'm have sure it's Andy hat um, on today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little, I'm like, mm. Yeah, is it because you love everybody or because you because you need labor? Um, 
I don't know. Maybe some of both. Maybe some of both. I think that's probably the answer. So anyway, but but you get the point. Regardless of the reason, these things these things change and they evolve. Yeah. And so so I want to start with that. Okay. That's where I want to start. Now I also want to say there's a difference between people having tattoos and having headphones. Yes. Like what? <laughs> what there's when just, you there's can... a lot of differences. Yes. They're different yes. things. Yes. Um, they are. They're different things. All they right. are. So. Headspace in this is uh, at some point you have to step back and say because I said so and because it's unprofessional, those are not valid rules, and or that th- this in and of themselves don't make a difference. Right. And so I challenge people to step forward and say, okay, seriously, what is my problem with this? Right. And you know, yeah, and it shouldn't be about morality. It shouldn't be about what's proper. It should be honestly, like, give me a case against against these behaviors, and so. Cases that I would consider is, what is the goal that we as a team are trying to achieve? Like, what what are we yes. doing here, right? What is our brand, especially things that are client-facing? What is our brand? Are we, you know, are we telling people that we are a fun place to be and we love pets? Or are we telling them that we are a, a white-glove, highly attentive practice that prides itself on communication and listening right there's they're not wrong and one's not better than the other but they're they're different brands right yes. and the last thing is what is the client experience that we're trying to create and how much emphasis do you put on that client experience yeah you know yeah. um what do we want it to feel like when you're a pet owner coming in to to our practice and the last part is what is the worker experience that we're trying to create what, what do I want it to feel like when I come to work here, yes. right? And so yes. I think all of those are really important questions that I would sit down and put these behaviors against. So it's having true crime podcasts playing. Are they playing in the lobby? Are they playing in the treatment room? Right. You know, um, or it's uh, someone at the front desk with headphones in. I go, well, what's your brand? What client experience are you trying to create? What worker experience are you trying to com- create? And just like everything in management, Stephanie, this is going to come down to balance. Right. Like it is. There's going to be like, well, the people at the front desk like to listen to this music and it may help them focus. And at the same time, some clients are going to come in and they're going to feel ignored or, right. you know, they they waited on hold earlier today and they showed up and somebody's got headphones in and they're going to make assumptions about how seriously their call was taken earlier. And right. that's a real thing that right. could potentially happen. And maybe maybe it won't happen, but maybe it could. And so anyway, there's a lot of that kind of, well, there's this and there's this. And, and it is not going to be a one side is a clear, obvious thing. It's going to be a balance. And I think, honestly, if we talk to the staff, we should be transparent about that balance and recognize that, yeah, I get that people, you know, enjoy this or or that there's a reason that people behave this way. And I would not try to shame anybody by being like, how could you not think this is professional? But I would also be realistic about what my concerns are on the other side. And I would be willing to hear what other people's concerns, pros and cons are. And I would also really want to make sure from a headspace standpoint that I gave people a confidential way to express their concerns because we have all been around things that were happening that other people seemed on board with and we really didn't feel super comfortable expressing our true opinion. Right. So we went along with it. Right. You know? Yes. Um, It's very easy. We decided it wasn't that big a deal, so we're not going to say anything, but we didn't really care for it. And I don't want to be the person who raises their hand and gets headphones banned 
or gets the true crime turned off that one of the doctors really loves. Right. That is a risky political move for me. And just you should just be wary about that when you start to have these conversations. Yes. Yes. I I agree. I think the headspace piece there for me has to do with the fact that um, when we think about when we think about um, whether it's professional, the definitions of professionalism often um, lead to conversation about appropriateness and inappropriateness. And I think the headspace piece is is for me is recommending or remembering that whether something is appropriate or inappropriate is truly subjective. And so to your so point subjective. about creating safe space, um, that that is a risk factor as a leader. Like you have to recognize the fact that that subjectiveness is a risk factor because there might be people who are swept up in that peer pressure and like just didn't say anything, but really aren't actually comfortable with what is happening. And so you really... Yeah need to to really do your job well here i think i think you're spot on in creating a space that is private where you're eliminating the risk factors for them the political risk factors of speaking up and saying hey i actually don't feel comfortable with this um yeah. or i have concerns and here's the concerns that i like about you know the the ear the earbuds like there might mm-hmm. not i might look at it and go i don't know that i can really come up with any strong objections or reasons why I wouldn't be okay with this, but you may have a team member who has a valid concern that you don't think about. And so I think from a headspace perspective, it's really important to just really hold on to remembering that what is appropriate, what is professional is subjective on our part yeah. and on the parts of our clients. Like you were saying, sure. there will there could be clients who, who were like, I don't have a problem with it. There will be other clients who will be like, I have a big problem with it and here's why. And so thinking about it from those different perspectives is important. And I think to your point, doing what we can to see how does the team actually feel about this is really important. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I'm going to take this a whole like, I'm going to take this what is appropriate is subjective and turn it up to 11. We we got a letter. We got a letter. It's been a couple of years, and we didn't. I didn't do it. I, and I, it's funny. I was talking to you about this before, and you didn't remember it. I don't no. know if it just came to me. It must have been. Maybe it's an email that I got. But I got a letter from a practice owner that had uh, an associate veterinarian that was listening to an explicit podcast. Explicit. Yeah. Uh, it was called "Guys I Blanked" uh, or "Guys We Blanked." Uh, and the blanked was not blanked. Um, <laughs> and it was, uh, it, it, I, I, I was familiar with the podcast because it was in the top 10 on the Apple like, iTunes list. store podcast. Right. Like, it was, it was very big um, because it was explicit and people are dirty. <laughs> and, right. and it's, but it is what you think it is. It was, uh, it was, it was that. But. Here's the thing that was interesting is the doctor was listening to this in the surgery room and the techs were didn't want to say anything to the doctor because apparently the doctor was not open to suggestions or feedback, really. Okay. But they were like, hey, she's listening. She she's listening to this stuff and it is obscene in, right. sur- in surgery. And I have to sit there and monitor this for an hour. anesthesia yeah. for an hour and the person reached out to me and was like, have you ever heard of this? And I was like, no, I'm sorry, I haven't. And so I thought about it later on. I was like, 
in what world would you be like, let's put some porn on? <laughs> and like, but, and so I always try to argue things in the other direction, right? I always try to take the other person's side and see if I can argue their position sure. effectively. And what would that look like? And it helps me empathize. And so I think what I would say on the other side is I would say, this was number three this week on the Apple iTunes podcast yes. list. Yes. And so clearly it's not obscene or pornographic because this is mainstream media. Culturally, yeah. And culturally, this is there. And of course, I again, I was just like, this is an <laughs> HR nightmare. Like, there are so many bad things here. Like, this cannot fly. But it, it was just amazing to me, one, that it, it, it happened. And I'm sure it's happened a number of times in different, in different places, uh, stuff like that. But it just goes to your point of like, clearly this person did not think this was obscene or, or bad. And I go, I, it's just, the, the it used to be when, I'm, and again, let me talk about back in the day when I walked <laughs> to school in the snow. Barefoot. Um, <laughs> it, it, barefoot, yeah. Like things that, like, things that were obscene were, were clearly labeled as such. Right. And you didn't have ready access to them. Right. And there were, I feel like there was much more agreed upon norms of like, this is, socially acceptable and this is not. And I'm not saying it's bad that things have changed because we yes. have definitely diversified and broken out and the world is different and richer and more, uh, you know, more robust in a, in a lot of ways. But we are now in a place where a lot of things that, that people don't like or don't agree with are readily available, right. um, you know, over the counter, if you will. Well, and so was... <laughs> I just think it's an interesting, it's an interesting shift. But the true prime card, Two crime podcasts. I'm not likening them to the Guys We Blank podcast, <laughs> but I do use that as an example of content that is put out through easily accessible channels that some people might feel is okay and feel has been culturally validated. And other people would say, I don't know about this. Well, it's funny because when you were when you were asking me uh, before we started recording about the the letter and and I was like, I do not remember this. And I, I I looked it up and I was just you like You immediately subscribed. <laughs> I was like, this is a hundred percent something that Stephanie Goss would listen to. Why is this not on my radar? Uh and also the flip side of that was I was like the when I read the email about the true crime podcast, I was like, absolutely not. Because I'm one of those people where I am I am highly uh sensitive it to yeah. suggest to suggestions and if i like i do not watch horror movies i do not like true crime and forget true crime stuff i do not watch violent uh movies i i really struggle um mentally with a lot of that and mm -hmm. um i intentionally go out of my way to remove that and so to me yeah. like i would have found that radically offensive and would have really struggled as a team member because yeah. i would have felt like okay now i either have to sit here and know that I'm going to go home at night and have nightmares or put yeah. earplugs in so that I don't hear it just to be able to work with my team members. And I would have really struggled with that. And it was interesting because I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Like, this is a really good empathy moment from the perspective of like, what about team members who would find, um, who would find the other podcast, you know, wildly inappropriate and uncomfortable for them to be listening to. And I think for me, that was that moment of, oh, I could put myself in some somebody else's somebody else's shoes. And as the leader, sure. our job is to think about um, the fact that it is subjective and like what what would other people think? And and I told you, like, um, 
I remember at my at my first practice, uh, we had. It was, I'm going to date myself. Uh, it was back when. Uh, satellite radio first was a thing and came out. Um, And I vividly remembered one of our technicians uh, getting a satellite radio and bringing it into the practice and was just like, I want to listen to the Howard Stern podcast. And uh, we had a fairly young team at the time, but that also was one of those things that some people are going to find it wildly inappropriate. Um, But the team was like, yeah, this is great. Let's listen to it. And you immediately brought up the concern, like as a practice owner, that if you have team members who are doing something like that and you know about it, what happens if somebody doesn't find it appropriate or is offended by it? Like, how does that look on paper in a yeah. lawsuit if somebody I sues have, you? Yeah, I have, I, have, I have three things that spring into my head. Again, and we've talked before about I can catastrophize. Like yeah. I can take a situation and tell you how it's going to end in my financial ruin and me living in a box next to the stream in the forest. Like I can take that. And here's how you listening to Howard Stern ends up with me in a box. Okay. Right. Okay. Yes. In we're in, we're in, in our imaginary vet clinic. Right. Tyler will find yeah. this happy. So okay. There's, there's three things that I go to is what does a one star review look like? What does a court reporter <laughs> a reporting look like? And what does the euthanasia experience look like? Yeah. And that's it is like, I can be like, what if you were, uh, and again, bear with me here for a second. Uh, but what if, what if someone said, I went in to get my faithful pet of 18 years euthanized and I could hear Howard Stern through the wall. Yeah. Like I would go, Ooh, you know, um, and it depends on what's going on, but, but you get my point, right? I go, Ooh, yes, absolutely. What does a one star review look like when someone says I, you know, I was in the waiting room or I was in the treatment room and I was listening to Howard Stern and they were having this conversation while I was waiting, you know, for my pet to come out. Like, okay, I don't don't like that necessarily. And there are some things there. But the biggest thing is, what does the court reporting look like? What happens when you get sued for a hostile work environment? Yeah. And and the court reporter reads out the transcripts from (laughs) these sections. (laughs) <laughs> from Howard Stern and said, this is what this is examples of things that were played in the treatment room when I worked there. I go, oh, and that does sound extreme. Like I said, I can catastrophize. But as soon as you said that, I was like hostile work environment. Well, and, and as I'm soon like, as I you spelled it out, that. as soon as you spelled it out like that it was the mind blown moment for me as the manager of like, oh, God, because I actively in the moment, like, I was like, we're a young team. Everybody is like, yeah, let's listen to it. Didn't didn't think twice about it, right? It yeah. didn't think about it from that context. But as soon as you said that, I was like, okay, mind blown. Like this is an opportunity for putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, but also thinking about it. I love your your comment about the bad review, but also the euthanasia perspective. And I think a lot of us think about it in that way. And so like the, the comment from the manager who asked about the true crime podcast was like, it's not full volume. It's not over the, you know, lobby stereo system. It's quiet and they're just listening to it. And they had concerns because they were like, what if a client approaches the front desk and hears this so far? Yeah nobody has said anything, but what happens when someone does, right? And then the question becomes, it is assuming that it is our responsibility as leaders to help the team navigate these waters. Like, where do we even start with defining what that looks like in our, in our practices? Totally. So I I would tell you with the true crime thing, I I had, I had two thoughts. Okay. uh, From Headspace. So true, true crime for me. Number one is, 
what about that person in the waiting room who's here for euthanasia? Yeah. And there's true crime stuff on. And again, yeah. that and, and again, I tell everybody, bear with me. I'm I'm not saying, oh, I can imagine this thing. So the answer is clearly ban it, ban it, ban it. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I'm still going through the process of processing and balancing. When you asked that question, I immediately had that heart like it immediately pulled at my heartstrings and I can't imagine in the almost 20 years that I've been in veterinary medicine I can't imagine a single person that I have ever worked with including people that I really didn't like I can't imagine any one of them not being able to empathize with that client and go sure. oh gosh I would never want a client to experience that like yeah, that is sure. who we are as a people and so I think if you asked your team that question it would hit them in those fields well, that, and that's just, an, and again, I'm not trying to bully them, but I am, I am honestly trying to think through this and be, and be positive because here's the other thing. I want my people to be happy. Yeah. And if there's things they can do to make them happy that don't negatively affect the client experience, like right. I want to have as good a workplace as possible. So you better <laughs> believe I'm, I want to root for them and I want to, I want to, I want to be cool, fun, Andy, but also, you know, it's my job to balance these things. The other thing I would say is this, and it kind of goes back to what you said earlier, but my wife, the only podcast she listens to are true crime and I, the only podcast I don't <laughs> listen to are, are true crime. Like, uh -huh. I I don't like true crime. And again, no shade on people who right. do. Yeah. I'm not saying anything, but like, <laughs> I, it's, that stuff is upsetting to me. I don't like to hear about those things really happening in the world. You know what I mean? And like, and as a, as a, as a, as a parent, uh, and again, I'm, I know I'm a softie, but like, I don't want to hear about as the, as the, as the parent of a 15 year old daughter, I don't want to hear about the college girl or the high school kid getting butchered. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't like, that's really upsetting to me. Yeah. Um, and so I just don't engage with that stuff, but I'm not opposed to other people. Like, go on, like do, yeah. do your thing. And I don't sure. think it makes other people bad people or anything at all. I just, it's upsetting to me. And so I, I step away from it. If I came in and the whole staff was listening to true crime and I'm an associate vet uh, or a relief vet, I'm not going to say anything. I'm, I, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to be the guy who's like, hey, all you people who are into this, uh, I don't like it. And so I'm turning it off. And I'm just being honest about like that. I was like, I would just suck it up and be like, it's not that big a deal, but I don't like it. And um, if I had to do it every day, I think I might it, my perception might change yeah. over time or, or I might, I, I think at some point I'm not a, I'm not a shrinking violet. I, I, you know, I, at some point I would say, guys, I don't like this. Let's listen to something else. But, but a lot of other people would not do that. And I would have to be pretty sure how about how I felt before I played the fun police. Cause I don't like to be the fun police. Right. Well, and but it I, would bother me. Yeah. And I think about it on a really, um, on a, the same, the same, thinking about it and listening to you say that. I'm thinking back to when I first started in veterinary medicine and it was not dissimilar the feelings that you got when we uh, we did put on, you know, clients were all out of the building. We weren't allowed to play, play music uh, that was not like classical or elevator music. When clients were in the building, when clients were out of the building, we could put on whatever we wanted. And it's not dissimilar to that feeling that I got when everybody was like, you know, let's listen to heavy metal. And I was like, this is not my thing. And it's really hard for me to concentrate and I can't finish doing the day end deposit. It. And so I would literally like put in earplugs um, and it is, it's that same, it's a, it's a much hipper, newer version, I guess, of that yeah, than, sure. than old Stephanie. But like, it's that same argument of like, how do we, how do we uh, make 
sure that we're providing, to your point, a comfortable work environment for everybody. And I think it feels, it feels, I remember then feeling like maybe I'm just the fuddy-duddy, like really, like I'm the, you know, only one who doesn't want to listen to this. But I think it is an important point as leaders that we have to think about. And it's funny because when I was thinking about the true crime piece, and I, I said at the beginning, I promised these two things tied together, because my solution was, okay, if that's what is happening and everybody else is okay with it, I'm going to want to stick my ear pods in and tune it all out. <laughs> so that I can yeah. actually keep working and get the work done. And then does it become a problem if I'm sitting there at the front desk trying to do, you know, the end of day reports or trying to get through sure. um, chart audits and I have earbuds in and then I am now becoming the person or the persons in the first example of like, well, still, is this professional if people are wearing earbuds and yeah. listening to whatever their choice is because they're then not affecting anybody else on the team because it's streaming straight into their ears. But how does that affect the client experience? How does that expect their how does that impact their interactions with their teammates? Do they hear the phone ring? Do they, you know, do they hear when people are trying to talk to them, but they have, you know, something else happening in their ears? So I think cool. they're they're good questions to ask. Yeah. And well, and now we're spinning up too. Because of this behavior, these other things are now happening, which are also things. And and at some <laughs> point you get this weird you know, cacophony of different, you know, things happening, be and all that come from from this this underlying thing. And you go, right. I, I don't know. I don't know if this is a good idea. OK, so <laughs> so let me, I want to I try to fra- I'm going to try to make one more pass. At this and I want to frame it up a little bit more okay. to try to give it some 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 structure. OK, cool. So the first thing I want to put down is um, remember what we said about um, because I said so and it's unprofessional. Those are those are not arguments that hold water with your people. And so you need to you need to work beyond that. Um, and also the world has changed. And I, and, mm-hmm. and I think this is important just for kind of thinking about how we provide work environments. Yes. You know, we've made a lot of our work habits back when people did the work that is now automated by machines. Right. When they worked on assembly lines, things sure. like that. Um, they showed up. They did manual labor uh, or things that that are largely replaced by machines at this point. And when that used to happen, we got into the uh, into the habit of tracking time as an outcome. Sure. Right. We're like, I'm going to pay you for an hour of your labor. And you could do that because people were on assembly line making widgets. You know what right. I mean? Right. But if you look at the goal of our business, which is to provide care and to get pets taken care of and people taken care of. Tracking people's time, boy, that's really removed from actually taking care of people. Right. It's a really kind of sloppy, crappy metric, right? Sure. And so I've been enjoying recently thinking a lot about what do we really do? And so, you know, one of the things that's interesting about Uncharted that I that I really like about the way that we work is uh, we're all remote. Everybody works from home. I have no idea what you guys do. Also, I don't track your hours. You don't clock in. You don't clock out. And you have unlimited vacation. You can just go, if you want to take Wednesday off, you can just take Wednesday off. Right. That's how we work at Uncharted. Right. And people go, that's bonkers. And I go, well, what, why would I do it any differently? Because I know what work we do. You know what I mean? I know what our projects are. I know, I know what our deliverables are. I know what timetables we need to meet. Like, I know you guys are working hard. And if you can get a day's work, worth, worth of work done, in five hours, 
I'm not going to make you sit at your desk for three hours. You know what right. I mean? Like, yes, it's, it's that's good. That's good for you for being efficient and getting things done. But yes. the work is getting done. Yes. And so I flipped my mind a long time ago to paying people for the work that they do and and the and the outcomes that they create, the effects they have, the impacts they make instead of the hours that they work. Now, yeah, I know that's a different part and our business is weird and it's not a vet clinic where, you know, we have we have to have people there at certain times when the when the when the pet owners come in. But I, I want to make this point because I think it's really important. The idea that the only way to compensate people is for the hours that they put in um, behaving in very specific, structured ways. I don't think that makes a lot of sense. And I think yeah. the uh, younger generations are really not on board with that. Yes, I I, I would agree with that. And I, and I think uh, it applies to the vet clinic. Like I remember young manager, Stephanie, I remember thinking, you know, about those days where a team member would come up to me and they'd be like, you know, we're done with appointments. We've gotten all the stuff done. Can we go early? And feeling this pressure of like, can't, I can't let them go early. They haven't worked their eight hours because that yeah. that is the mentality of like we're trading the time, right? And so I remember, I remember times where I said yes and then felt guilty, and I also remember times that I said no and felt guilty because I can see both sides of that that argument, right? And I think well, that I think that it has to do with the fear as a leader of not knowing how we're defining things and how yes. we're defining that value. Yes. And that's exactly where I'm going. That's exactly yeah. my point is how do you measure success? How do you measure value? How do you measure the outcomes? How do you define the experience that you want to create? Yeah. Is it the amount of time that people are clocked in? Is it whether or not they have tattoos? Is it whether or not they have headphones in their ears or not? Right. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you, how are you defining success? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge believer in hiring good people and training them and then giving them as much autonomy and freedom as possible so that they can innovate, create, do good work, you know, um, control their own life and schedule. People are not automatons like they're not they're not robots. They're not widget makers. Right. You know, they're they're people. And so I want to give them this freedom. And I want to pay attention to what the outcomes that I want to create are. Right. Okay. And so I'm putting that down because that's really important with where we're going. All right. Now, that said, I'm also, I'm realistic, right? Um, I can't be 100% hands off. Everybody needs support. Everybody needs clear expectations. Everybody needs boundaries. Everybody needs to, to know what, what is required of them. Right. But I, but I do try to balance those things. Yeah. And so as we start to think about what is this, what is unprofessional, is it unprofessional, I would say to you, what is your outcome? What, what does success look like? Yep. And so then my questions really are, when you look at what it means to be successful working in the kennel, is that impacted by wearing headphones? Right. And, and it might be that, yes, you can't hear anything and we call for help and you don't come. Right. Because you have your headphones in. And I would say, that's it. That's the answer right there. We're done. You know, like, yeah, this is it, like the the experience is not being created the way that we if 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 one of the ways that we measure the work quality of our kennel is how quickly they can appear to interact with the medical team when needed and headphones are reducing their effectiveness in that way. I would say headphones are hurting their performance. 
and hurting the outcomes. Yes. And so that makes that decision for me. But it's not about what's professional. It's about what is the impact? One of the impacts. I know I I hear I see you're going. I'll say (laughs) say one more. Go go for it. One of the one of the other parts, too, is I said before, um, success for me is a lot of times about how it feels to work in our hospital. Yeah. And if people have headphones in, do they feel like their coworkers are inaccessible? Or that they're not being heard, right. or that they're being ignored. You know what I mean? Um, that they're not getting the attention that they need. And if that's true, then that's a problem. And if the answer to all those things is, you know what? It makes zero difference if someone in the kennel has one headphone in listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. They're responsive. They listen. The work is getting done. There's no slowdown in our output. Then, for God's sakes, go have fun. Listen to your podcast. Right. You know. Right. Um. If it, are the clients, they're not engaging with the clients or they're popping them out of their ear before they go talk to the clients, then then go with it. Right. And so that's that's that. The last thing that I, that I want to say, and this is where okay, all this is coming down to, as the Buddhists say, the answer is generally in the middle. And so we're like, do we say, go forth and crank up your true crime podcast and everybody has headphones or <laughs> they're banned. Don't speak of them again or right. you'll have to sit in the corner. Right. That, that doesn't have to be the answer. There can be some middle ground here. And it doesn't have to be that the ken- because the kennel techs can listen with one earphone, the front desk can listen with an earphone while they're answering phone calls and talking to clients face to face. Right. Like that's it's a different job. Right. You know, it's like right. that's basically like the front desk being like, why can't I do surgery? Yes. That's because just not your job. Right. It's a different job. It's a different person with different credentials and different skills, handling different problems. And just because you can't listen to headphones at the front desk doesn't mean that you can't listen to headphones when you clean the kennels. And that that may not mean that you can't listen to headphones after we lock the door and the clients aren't allowed in the building. I, I don't know. Or the, right. I, 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 Anyway, it's, it's, it's nebulous, but the answer is usually in the middle. And there are ways that we can bend as long as we know what's important, what our values are, what uh-huh. success looks like, what outcomes we're trying to measure and create, what the client experience is, what our concerns are and how people feel, a lot of times we can try to be reasonable and compromise while still protecting the things we care about. Yeah, no, I I love that. And um, what I was going to say is I think, you know, if to your point about, okay, if you have a team member who is in the kennels and is wearing earbuds and they're not, they're not responsive because they can't hear, I think uh, it is very easy to go to the black and white answer of, okay, then the answer means you can't wear, you can't wear headphones, right? Or you can't wear earbuds. And I would also say that I'm glad you brought up about finding the middle ground because that um, young manager, Stephanie, would have been like, it's black or it's white. Like it is mm-hmm. one end of the spectrum yep. or it is the other. And uh, current, currently where I am in my career is very much about how do we find that middle ground? And so the question that I asked back was, okay, well, are they, I asked the question you did, which is, are they responsive? Are they still interacting with their teammates? Are those other things still happening? Because if they are, then what's the problem? If they're mm-hmm. not, is there still a middle ground, you know, could, could they, are they, you know, responsive to a, I'm going to date myself here. Are they responsive to a page? And I don't necessarily mean with a pager, although ah, yes, ah, I had. When their yes. beeper goes off? Yes, when their beeper goes like, off, they, do they yeah. come? Yeah. Do, when when, when goes the off, landline rings and they have to go pick it up off the wall, do they answer? 
hey, we actually had wall phones in our kennels, so don't knock it. And <laughs> when, when a fax comes in, do they grab it? <laughs> I can't. Oh, my God, I can't. Okay, where I was going with that, though, is are there there modern versions of that? This is not their beeper. But, like, if they get a page on their Apple Watch and it vibrates on their wrist and then they come when somebody needs them, is it still accomplishing the same thing? And so where, like, current manager Stephanie would lean very much into how do I find that middle ground where we can still do the job? Everybody is getting, we're serving the clients, we're serving the patients, and I want people to be happy at work. I want them to, you know, we're spending we're spending so much time together like at work. I want there to be opportunities where they they do interact with each other. So I don't want to remove and intentionally disconnect them from each other. And I've been that like my kid wears her earbuds all the time and she's usually listening to a podcast and like I don't I'm fine with that some of the time, but some of the time I want to yep. sit there and have a conversation with her, right? Yes. And so I think it's about finding that middle ground so that if the team can can, can yep. still interact with each other and they can still build those relationships and there are times to your point throughout the day where they can pop their earbud in and listen to it. Like, I don't care. I'm cool. Uh, like I am fine with that because I want them to be happy to be at work. And so to me, yeah. part of the gift if you will, that COVID has given us is that blurring of our personal and professional lives to the sense of like, this is something that makes me happy. If I'm the true crime junkie and like the new episode comes out on Thursday, I like, can I create a space for them to like do that at work and still get the work done? Why do I care? Right? Like I, 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 I shouldn't, I don't want to, I want them to be happy. If we can blend those things together, together and support our each other as human beings, great. There is also yeah. still, to your point, I think there's the th- there were three great questions, which is how does this in- impact the client experience? Like, what would a client who's who is yep. here to euthanize their pet? What does that look like to them? And if it if it impacts that in any way, it's going to be a hard no for me, right? Yep. And I'm okay yeah. with drawing that line in the sand. Also, <laughs> what would it look like? What would it look like on a, a court report? And I think yep. that that's a really great HR safety mechanism for yeah. is this, could anybody possibly read anything into this? If yep. so, then how do we do that? Now, if somebody wants to sit there and listen to the guys we uh, ex- blanks uh, podcast in their earbud during their time in the kennel, great go for it. I, you know, like that, that is to me finding that safe space where like, okay, it's not, yeah, it's not it impacting doesn't affect other anybody else. And, and right. yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, sure. Right. No, I, I agree with that. That's why I'm in favor of employees having tattoos on one arm and half of their face. Um, it's <laughs> because it's, it's like middle ground. Like we, we let them do it, but not so much. And they know which Stop employee it. gets to only look at the right side of their body. Or which staff, uh, which clients see the right side of their face. Stop it. All right. Let's take the latest break we've ever taken just for a moment. And then we're going to just bang out action steps real fast. Because I'll tell you how I talk about this. All right. Have you done it yet? Have you headed over to the Uncharted website? The one that's at unchartedvet.com forward slash events. And have you clicked on that link for the April conference? 
If you haven't friends, you need to head over and click on that link and then you need to hit the register button because I want to see you with us in sunny Greenville, South Carolina in less than 80 days. We are going to be diving deep into tackling internal communications this spring. We want to talk about how do we improve our communications amongst our teams in a whole myriad of ways. How do we uh, how do we set boundaries? How do we have conversations about affordability of pet care and communications outwardly towards our clients as a result? How do we use language and maybe think about changing some of the language we're using to have better communication as a team? just previews of some of the awesome stuff that we're going to be talking about. So if you haven't done the thing, if you haven't put your fingers to your keyboard and typed unchartedvet.com forward slash events, go do it now because I have hugs waiting for you in Greenville and you should not miss out on this. And now back to the podcast. And we're back for the fastest <laughs> second half of a show ever. That's right. It's the second half. And 10 minutes or less. <laughs> 10 minutes or less. All right, here we go. So what do we say to the staff? When they're talking, when they got the true crime stuff or they got headphones or yeah. number one, clearest kind. Yeah. I think what most of us do is we're like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. So we don't say it. anything. Mm-hmm. And yep. then half of them were in headphones and the other half are resentful. And it, there's no system at all. And the clients are kind of like, what is this? Like my tech's got one earbud in when she's talking to me about my pet. Like that seems weird. Um, you know, and just, we just don't engage at some point. Clear as kind. Yeah. Tell people what the expectation is. And I'll, we'll talk about how to figure it out in a second. I think uh, the other alternative to that is we av- we avoid it or we want to push it up the chain and make it somebody else's decision because we don't know how to make the decision. We're like, I don't know how I feel about this. I feel conflicted. And so in talking to one of the, the managers, she was like, I kind of just want to give this to the practice owner and dump it in her lap and say, you figure this out because I have no <laughs> no idea how I feel yeah. about it. So, yeah, I agree. So clear is kind. We're, we're, we, we need to we need to talk about this. Putting your head in the sand and just going, I don't want to deal with this. So I'm just going to let right. them figure it out themselves. That's probably a bad Not idea. a strategy. Right. The, the big question to the team is, hey, guys, what's important about this and what are the impacts? And so I like to ask the team, what are the what are the pros of headphones? Sure. Like, why do you guys want them? Yes. Why do they make? Tell me. Tell me. Yes. Like, articulate to me why they're good articulate to me what's important to you about them. Because otherwise, I'm just guessing. But they need to tell me, why do they want this thing? And what's good about it? And when do they use it? And how do they use it? And then I'm going to ask them, what are the cons? What are the ripple effects? If we do this, how could it go badly for us? And this is, I I said before, I really like the idea of giving people a mechanism to to confidentially share concerns they have. And so the ripple effects are, I don't feel like people are hearing me. Um, We worry about what if the true crime stuff is on and you can hear it through the euthanasia room wall. Right. Like, that's a thing. Um, We need to talk about what those cons are, because a lot of times they just don't think about what the concerns are. But I just think, honestly, putting them out and saying, you know, what are concerns that people have? How could this be problematic? And I say, I'll tell you what some of my concerns are. You know, they're, they're these things. And then say, are there ways that we can address these concerns and still let people do what they want to do? Is that possible to try? And I will, again, always, always frame up as pilot programs, pilot programs, pilot programs, yep. which means I want I want it. I want you guys to be able to do what you want to do. But these concerns need to be addressed. And so if there's a way that we can address these concerns and still do some of this stuff, I'm open for trying it. But if it's a problem, we're going to be right back here again and we might not be able to do this. I love it. So. 
last part, clear expectations. I don't have to necessarily decide this in front of the team, but I, I need to hear them and what the concerns are. I would really like to have their input on how we might try to move this forward. I open the floor to those guys, let them come by the office and tell me, uh, ask that, you know, let them put forward suggestions, concerns, complaints, you yeah. know, things like that. And then finally, tell them what the policy is. Clear expectations. Yep. This is how we're going to go forward. This is how we're going to try it. These are the things that I'm going to be really watching. And if response time in the back drops down, if we have people waiting up front, if we get a single client complaint, if anybody, if any of the clients feel like they don't feel like they're being heard or we're not being attentive to them because of headphones, right. then, then that's going to be the end of the pilot program. And I want you guys... I don't want you to be surprised. I want you to know going in what my lines are. Yeah. And let's see how this goes. And the last thing is, remember, balance is key. It doesn't have to be Bantam or it's right. the Wild West. Right. It can be a little <laughs> bit of what's important to you guys. How can we how can we make the things that are important to you happen while making sure the concerns that other people have are addressed? And guys, that's just what it means to manage a team that's healthy, that we try to support while also balancing the needs of the pets and the clients and the practice. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That was the fastest that's all wrap I got. up ever. I told you it was going to be a short second <laughs> half. By definition, not a half, but you get, you get the point. Oh, man. <laughs> One half was significantly we, smaller than the other. We landed. Half. Those are not land, halves, Andy. We landed the plane. That's that's yeah. the point. I think uh no, I'm I'm with you there. And it was it was interesting because your action steps are all of uh what I watched unfold in some of the conversation with a group of managers who were where somebody had asked the question. Um and there was it was the shades of gray, right? The perspectives and everybody is going to have a different perspective. And so making them feel heard, I think is really important. And I love your three questions about like, what is the client experience, especially from the euthanasia perspective? Because I think yeah, that is the ultimate one. empathy tool for everybody on your team. Um, what is it? What is it from yeah. from a leadership perspective? What does it look like potentially in a court document? Um, yeah. I think it's a super valid yeah, question to ask yourself. The, what's the what's the euthanasia experience like? What is a complaining client with yeah. euthanasia? What does the one star Google review yeah. look like? Yeah. Um, and what does um, and what does it sound like if a lawyer reads it back to you? Yeah. Um, those, yeah. those are those are three those are three just general guidance questions. I love it. I love it. Uh, cool. This was fun. Have a f I, I have a new podcast to listen <laughs> to this weekend. Yeah, just not. <laughs> it's why we're virtual, so you can look. You can go listen to it. You can listen to it without headphones else. at work because nobody's <laughs> there. I'm in my closet. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs> See you, everybody. Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.